Cinewag. A chinwag about cinema. Hello, welcome to Cinewag. I'm Sophie. I'm Tony. I'm Jordan. And I'm John. And today we are talking about Christian Bale. Fabulous. Oh, don't sound so sad. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a challenge to find me a film to watch. I don't think it's going to be a challenge at all, Sophie, because this man has made so many fabulous films. We'll see. So he was born in Wales in 1974, but he's English. He yeah. tells people he's English, not Welsh. He moved around a lot and ended up moving to LA at the age of 17. However, before that, he got into acting. His first TV appearance was in a fabric softener ad for Lenore in 1982 at the age of eight. He then went on to make his stage debut with Rowan Atkinson in the West End in London with a play called The Nerd. And then in 1987, he was in the film Empire of the Sun. He's been a US citizen since 2010. And obviously in between those times, he's done lots and lots of famous films. Yeah, Empire of the Sun was a very important film, widely regarded as an excellent performance from a child actor. Yeah, I haven't seen this one. It seems like the sort of film I should see because it's a Spielberg film as well. Yeah, it is. I have seen this book a long time ago. He has been in quite a few films between Empire of the Sun and when he got really famous. There's one which I watched fairly recently called The Newsboys, otherwise known as Newsies. It's from 1992. It was directed by Kenny Ortega, who actually directed the high school musical films. And Michael Jackson's This Is It. And Hocus Pocus. Oh. So, you know, it's coming from some good things. However, it wasn't that great. It was based on the real-life story of the New York City newsboy strike of 1899. Sounds thrilling. It's kind of Oliver meets West Side Story meets High School Musical. It's very strange, but essentially, back before they had newsstands and all the modern delivery methods of today, you essentially just had a load of boys delivered newspapers. They paid for all their newspapers in the morning. They then took them out to the street and sold them to people. And essentially, they were exploited by Mr. Pulitzer, who then gave his name to a prize. Pulitzer wanted more money, so he increased the cost that the newsies had to pay for their papers. They went on strike. Christian Bale was kind of the lead kid on strike with them. And they took everyone else with them because essentially it was like all of the other jobs that were done by kids. And it was very inspirational, but it was a bit cheesy and none of the songs were particularly memorable. Who played Pulitzer? Robert Duvall. Okay, good actor. And to be fair, Christian Bale, you mentioned about him being English and Welsh. He does do a lot of accents. His American New York accent in this was pretty good, but his singing, he's not a great singer. We need to be saved from the singing then. Yeah. Is it on a Pierce Brosnan Mamma Mia level? Oh, no, it's better than that. But it's pretty bad, especially because it's a Disney musical type thing. This is a Disney film? Yes, this is a Disney film. But yeah, I was quite excited to see this one. It was another young film before he became really famous. There was a bit of fun trivia that I found out about it that he was so embarrassed that he was in a musical that he didn't tell any of his friends that he was in a musical when he was making the film. And it was only when it was released that they then took the mickey out of him quite a bit for being in a musical. But still, it propelled him onto the things that he does now. So I would good on seriously you. take the mick out of any of my friends that were famous in Hollywood. <laughs> so, should we move on to his adult career? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're not, what we're not kind talking of adult about career. kind of movies here. <laughs> 
We can do. I think that was pretty much one of the only things really big in his early career. I can't see me watching either of those two, to be no, honest. No, I was kind of thinking more along the line of the movie that really propelled him in the limelight, and that was American Psycho. Ah, oh, what a fabulous film this oh, is. Oh, yes. Huey Lewis and the News. Absolutely. What? Huey Lewis and the News, obviously, Back to the Future. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They are a really big part of American Psycho, and I don't know if I want to explain in too much detail why they are, but they are fantastic in this film. I have a fun fact about American Psycho. All right, okay. It was nearly Leonardo DiCaprio. Ooh. In the lead role, really? In the lead role, yeah. He was offered 20 million, he was considering it, and then they went in a completely different direction. Yeah, I can't see Leo DiCaprio in the role that Christian Bale was in in that movie. When you remember, it was around like a couple of years after Titanic. So he yeah. was very much like young, good-looking boy actor rather than what but he Christian is now. Christian Bale brings a real intensity to his performances, which is absolutely crucial for American Psycho. And I'm not sure Leonardo DiCaprio, especially at that time, would have been necessarily bringing that kind of intensity. Yeah. Maybe now with his Django Unchained stuff. I was literally just thinking of yeah. him and Django, and that would be perfect. That would have been yeah. perfect, yeah. But Back in 2000, maybe not. The whole thing about Christian Bale in American Psycho is he's very obsessive. He's a wealthy businessman and he's got lots of high class friends and it's all about how he presents himself. Yeah, he's a complete image. narcissist. He is sort of a psycho and the lovely thing about the music sort that John mentioned. Sort of a psycho. Yeah, well he is a psycho but I'm trying I don't want to I don't want to put you off you see because it's violent but short bursts of violence. And he's talking about wonderful music from the 80s. He talks about Genesis, the song Susudio. And it's really strange, but very darkly comic. It's a wonderful performance from Bale. Really very good. I do like the song Susudio. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Who doesn't like Phil Collins music? What do you think about the level of violence in this film, guys? Do you think it's something Sophie could still watch? I think it's infrequent enough so that it's not going to be that big of an issue, but it is quite shocking when it happens. Well, a lot it of is, it is absolutely. off camera, though. There's a few scenes that is quite graphic, but most of it is off camera, and it's just kind of like blood spatter, so it's not hugely graphic. And it is such a pivotal role for Christian Bale. You really get the intensity from him, which he brings to so many of his films. And I would say this is the role that really propelled him into superstardom. This kind of movie doesn't normally capture my interest, I kind of started to realise it's not about a psycho. It's actually a satire based on the high-flying lifestyle of people becoming almost nothing once they reach a certain point. And they all kind of mirror each other and the way that they Absolutely. do things. And it's Absolutely. a very psychological analysis of people who are like this. Because there's these wonderful elements. Christian Bale and this group of friends, they keep getting different business cards. And they keep <laughs> trying to outdo each other with, oh, I've now got Bevel. This is embossed. This this is the shiny font. And it's just all about how this interplay, they have so much money, they don't know what to do with themselves, how to better each other. And it's definitely a film which I feel deserves repeat viewings and you could get more from it the second time. There's so much going on. Yeah, definitely. I'll think about it. That's more than I was expecting. Absolutely. So that's good. I would like to put forward The Machinist. Wow, yeah. It was made back in 2004. Essentially, he is a machine worker, like a factory worker, working on these large, very dangerous machines. He hasn't slept in around a year, and over that year, he has been losing a hell of a lot of weight. At the start of the film, he weighs around about 120 pounds, which is tiny. 
One day, he meets this new guy at work. The new guy causes him to cause an accident where one of his colleagues actually loses an arm. And it kind of goes on from there. (laughs) I can see the face you're making at me. It is really an interesting psychological thriller, watching him gradually go crazy and trying to figure out the world around him and what is real and what is not. I thought it was really interesting. And it has one of the most poignant endings of a film I've seen for a long time. And some really interesting female characters in there as well. He develops a relationship with a waitress who works in a late night diner. It is another body transformation from Christian Bale, and it is striking. Yeah. Before I saw this film, I only knew it because of the stills that I'd seen of his body in this film. It is crazy how much weight he loses for this role. It is essential to his character and the fact that he is so tired and these strange things start to happen to him and people leave him mysterious messages and he can't understand why. It's a very interesting film. Not overly violent, very intriguing, such a poignant ending, as I said, and an amazing performance from Bale, really amazing. I think we should talk about this weight loss, weight gain thing he's got going on. First of all, I have a quiz. Hey, Hey. Christian Bale, weight loss quiz. So I've decided to find other actors and actresses that have lost or gained significant amounts of weight for film. Okay, so Monster. Charlie's Theron. Yeah, she put on around 30 pounds, which is quite a lot, really. Dallas Buyers Club. Hey, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah apparently he lost around 50 pounds. That's wow. quite a lot of weight yeah. to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Chapter 27. I have not heard of that film. Jared Leto, he put on 60 pounds. Wow. That's a lot to put on. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that I could do for a film. You know, if you need me to put on 60 pounds, <laughs> I can handle the crisps. Lame is. Anne Hathaway or Hugh Jackman? Yeah, Anne Hathaway. She lost almost two stone. Really? Because she had to play a dying prostitute. Oh, of course, yeah. And the last one, Bridget Jones's Diary. Renee Zellweger putting on, what, 30 or 40 pounds? Only 20. Okay. Yeah, so lots of actors and actresses have had to do it. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, sure, okay, maybe your character needs to look a certain way, but I don't know that it's necessarily acting to just put on or lose weight. No, but it's taking on the role and the character and the persona. It can really help. In the same way that Eddie Redmayne, who was portraying Stephen Hawking, so his physical acting done to sort of represent that character. That's acting, yeah. He didn't lose a load of weight. No, he didn't, but he's still trying to represent a character as closely as possible because there is the idea of the Marvel diet or the DC diet while you're bulking up for superhero roles to get that look. And then even in some cases enhanced with visual effects later on, but it is becoming increasingly part of the job description. Yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, some people are quite blessed that they're able to put on the weight and lose it quite quickly and in a healthy manner. So if they're capable of doing that and they're willing to go that far, then I don't really think that's something you can try and take from them. But anyway, I read that Christian Bale put on around £100 of muscle for Batman and then found out that he was too big for the suit. So he had to lose <laughs> he had to lose about 50 Wow, that. that's a kick in the teeth. <laughs> yeah. He then put on weight for American Hustle and Jennifer Lawrence had a quote about him. He's fat man, not Batman. Oh, that's oh, fantastic. Wow. Shall we talk about then American Hustle? Yes. Okay. Especially as it's one of Christian Bale's more light-hearted films. 
we talked about it in Jennifer Lawrence week, but this is so much Christian Bale's film. He was nominated for the Best Actor Oscar for American Hustle in 2014. He was. Yeah, we were speaking about that as pretty much the whole cast got nominated for various awards yeah. <laughs> uh, for that particular film, because it is very much an ensemble piece, but definitely for Christian Bale, he is much more of the main character as compared to Jennifer Lawrence, which I think was probably one of the main reasons we didn't go for it in J-Law week. Yes, it was. And it's interesting because he is the lead con artist, but because the plot is so twisty, it sometimes turns itself back on him, and there's wonderful interplay with Amy Adams. Jennifer Lawrence plays his ex-wife, Bradley Cooper's fabulous in this film and as you love the TV show Hustle I think it's got to be up there on the list I think you would really enjoy it amazing film it's funny how he's been in two films called American something and he's not American <laughs> okay that's, <laughs> that's a good the only point. comment she's got about American Hustle <laughs> I remember enjoying it Christian Bale kind of plays a very cringy slime ball but the funny thing is is he carried it really well he was this cringy slime ball but you kind of wanted to go oh hello there and rub his tummy or something <laughs> <laughs> rub his little fat tummy yeah but he's got like a bald head and a comb over and stuff and it's just oh the funny. opening scene yeah, the is opening so scene is hilarious <laughs> yeah I, I can see that being a worthwhile suggestion to watch and it's not a overly long how long about two hours <laughs> in the context of today's films actually that's not too long that's a good point and particularly because we were just talking about bulking up for batman i think we have to do a mention we do for the trilogy Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. And I was actually thinking about this literally just before we started talking about American Hustle, because we were talking about actors really taking over a role, and that really just makes me think of Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. The Dark Knight did become synonymous with Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, and he won a posthumous Oscar for it. But that shouldn't take away anything that Christian Bale was doing, because where Heath Ledger was being so outlandish and so wacky, you needed Christian Bale in that really intense Batman role to counter the Joker, and they worked so well together. And there's this wonderful scene, an interrogation between Batman and Joker, and they're in the police station. It is intense. It's amazing. I don't like Batman. He's not a real superhero. That is true, and that's what I really like about him. Oh, really? This is something that if you don't really know much about Batman, you've not seen the Dark Knight trilogy, you may find this whole trilogy to be surprising because it's not coming from, we're superheroes. It's very grounded in reality. It's very scary. It's very brutal. And Christian Bale carries that line where he's like, I'm really getting hurt if I don't do this right. Yeah, there's real stakes in this. And what's so good about Christian Bale's performance as well, he's actually also really good as Bruce Wayne, not just the Batman role. He's really good and you can really believe how he becomes Batman and I think although The Dark Knight The Dark Knight Rises they're good films I wouldn't want to recommend you start with either of those films I really think you would need to watch Batman Begins yeah. if you're going to pick any of them Batman I Begins think it's is probably fantastic. my favourite of the three is he in that one? he yeah, is absolutely yeah. and he's it's, Batman it's, yeah he Batman is Batman Begins. Well, loads of people have been Batman Christian Bale has played Batman in the most amount of films and he pretty much personified I'm Batman yeah, yeah. he was the absolutely. one who probably did that although did you know Batman was nearly Jake Gyllenhaal? Really? Which Batman? The, the Batman first, Begins? Yeah, the first Bale one. He Ooh, was being considered interesting. for that. Speaking of Batman, quiz time. Excellent. Wow. Which Batman films have made the most money to the least money? 
The Dark Knight the Dark Rises. Knight. I think oh. The Dark Knight will make more money than Rises. Pop, I think. So you two think Dark Knight, you think Rises, John. John is correct. Hey. Oh. Really? Dark, Inflation. Dark Knight Rises made $1.1 billion. Wow. Dark Knight made $1 billion. I guess the wow. expectation after the phenomenal exactly. success of Dark Knight. Yeah. Would you like to guess the other three Batman films? Michael Keaton's Batman. The one with Jack Nicholson. Batman. Yeah, the original Batman. Batman 1989. Yeah, that's yep. the next Excellent. one down. Hey. Then Batman Begins. Yeah, and then Batman Forever made the least, but it still made $336 million. I'm guessing we're not including things like Batman versus Superman in this list? Oh, no, I've only gone from the Dark Knight backwards. That doesn't surprise me, because when Batman Begins came out, it wasn't so much an expected success. It just kind of came out and people were very indifferent. And it wasn't until it kind of like left the cinema, people were going, wow, I can't wait for the next one. Because it's so different to Michael Keaton's interpretation of Batman and even Val Kilmer and George yeah, Clooney. And- it's much more grounded as Tony was saying yeah. it's just a crime story it just so happens that there's this philanthropist who has all this money and he's taking on this persona yeah. but it's really not about that it's a crime thriller and just to talk a little bit about the plot of Batman Begins Christian Bale's character Bruce Wayne goes into the wilderness to train himself to become part of the League of Shadows it's all to do with him wanting to solve injustice in the world after the death of his parents at a young age in and a circus not in a circus what the, that's, was that no, that, no, that's Robin's backstory right. yeah that's Robin Robin's was backstory. in the circus. Batman, Dark Alley, Mugger, Mum and Dad, dead. Carol's on the floor. Yeah, and he's got this history and he wants to write injustice in the world, especially as... As a bat. He needs explain, to take on a it persona. It explains all of that. It really it does. It really does explain that. If anything, you could give the credit to the Dark Knight trilogy for relaunching Superman movies. These are absolutely masterclass films. They're amazing. See, Brilliant. I, was, I was really, really struggling to think of a movie to recommend to watch because there's quite a few that I really enjoy, but I'm going to put Batman Begins as my recommendation. I don't think you would get the same feelings towards it as you did to Guardians of the Galaxy. They're completely different films. Guardians of the Galaxy is more a comedy, lighthearted. This is intended to be a little bit more serious and it's got Morgan Freeman in it. It's got a great cast. I mean, I was really not thinking in the slightest a Batman film would stand a chance because we've had conversations about your hatred of Batman as well. I hate Batman. Yeah, (laughs) but Batman Begins is a very different kind of Batman. Out of interest, what is it that you don't like about Batman? He's just not a proper superhero. He's just a rich guy in a suit with a car. I didn't mind 60s Batman with the kapow and taking the piss and the tiny shorts. He's kind of sending himself up. That's what I like. But this, oh, I'm a serious crime fighter. Join the police then. He's using his wealth and his technology to assist humanity. And I thought that was quite a noble statement. Does he give his technology to anyone else? Does he give it to police forces? Do you know what? You need to actually watch it because the movies themselves encompass all of your questions incredibly well. And what's so interesting is, well, we haven't talked at all about Gary Oldman in these films, who plays the police chief. And it's actually quite a sensitively handled role. He normally plays villains, but he's really good in these films. And I would say, actually, Anne Hathaway, you mentioned her earlier, and I thought she did amazing in The Dark Knight Rises. To play Catwoman, she was arguably one of the best things oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was. You've got really high-quality actors. You've got an amazing director in Christopher Nolan. Fabulous score. Yes, just amazing music. There's really not too much negative you can say about this trilogy of films. Before we leave Batman, I do have another quiz. Wow, okay, two Batman two quizzes. Two Batman quizzes two for Batman someone quizzes. who hates Batman. So, Batman actors, how many can you name? There are one, two, there are nine. Adam West. Adam West. Michael Keaton. Both of those are correct. Christian Bale. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yes. Val Kilmer. Yes. 
Um, if you're going into voice actors, Will Arnett. I was, Amazing, yes. well done, Thank John. You. The Lego, Lego Batman, Batman movie. movie. Amazing. That's got all the Kapow stuff in it. Watch the Lego Batman movie. And then there are two more from the 40s, which you probably won't get. Lewis G. Wilson and Robert Lowry. Oh, nice. I did not know yeah. that. I also have a fun fact about 1989's Michael Keaton Batman. Other people considered for the role. Oh, interesting. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. <laughs> no. Sylvester Stallone. No. Mel okay. Gibson. Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, Pierce Brosnan, Tom Selleck, and Bill Murray. Bill Murray (laughs) Batman. That is an interesting list. Wow. So there we are. Last little Batman trivia. That's interesting. Not quite the last little bit of Batman. We did ask Twitter, who is your favourite Batman? And Twitter replied, but before I give the scores, who's your favourite Batman, Tony? Uh, It has to be Christian Bale. Christian Bale? Jordan? I'm a huge fan of Michael Keaton, but probably in terms of performance, yeah, Christian Bale. Although I would give some kudos to Ben Affleck. I thought you did a really good job in Batman versus Superman. Sophie? Adam West. I knew you were going to say that straight away, but that's fine. I completely agree. Adam West is my favourite Batman. Really? You You just cannot beat the 60s camp humour. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Absolutely. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. Shark repellent spray. So if you know Twitter, you're only allowed to put four suggestions. So it was a choice between Adam West, Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and Christian Bale. Who do you think came out on top out of those four? Adam West. Christian Bale. Yeah, I'm with Tony on this one, Christian Bale. Okay. In joint last place with 17% each was Adam West and Ben Affleck. (sighs) Oh. Tied third. Okay. With 28% of the vote, Christian Bale. Okay. So really? 39% of the vote was with Michael Keaton. Brilliant. One of my favourite actors. Michael Keaton was good as Batman. I think all four of us played Batman well in they some did. aspects. So yeah. It's a very difficult choice. But I think that result actually reflects the age demographic of the people voting. Oh, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they're all kind of children of the 80s and 90s. Like with James Bond, it's the one that was Batman when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to have a quick shout out to Tom at Chombona, who has been one of our most avid listeners. The only reason why I got Will Arnett in Sophie's little quiz a moment ago is because Tom didn't reply to any of the four I suggested. He said Will Arnett is by far the best Batman. I must admit, I can't really whinge about a Batman made of Lego. So there's another movie we haven't mentioned, which I love, and that is Batman vs. Wolverine. What? Absolutely, yes, <laughs> Tony. Oh, The Prestige, you're being weird. Yes, okay. I'm being weird, The Prestige. <laughs> I'm really Sophie's confused. Face. Yes, Batman vs. Oh, Wolverine. Okay, like the Hugh Jackman. Yes, yes. Right. Batman vs. Right, Wolverine. Right, right. DC vs. Marvel. It's oh. another Christopher Nolan movie, and it features Christian Bale alongside Hugh Jackman, and it's a brilliant movie. It has David Bowie in it. This is a magic film. It's not about magic. It's a human drama, and it's about the intrigue around around the two men trying to discover the ultimate trick. And it's not set in modern day. There's stagecoaches, there's cobble streets. You know, kind of late 19th century. Yeah, it's kind of Victorian London. And it's a wonderful looking film. The costume design is great. The set design is beautiful. Christopher Nolan is such a good writer-director. He's made this film so the whole thing is like a magic trick in the way that it presents itself. You have the set up and then the prestige at the end, obviously. I think it's a very well-made film. You're absolutely right, Tony. It's worth mentioning that Christopher Nolan is the director that made Interstellar. You keep mentioning that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We're reminding Sophie about the one she gave 8 out of 10 for in season 1, which is her But I also said I didn't like it. No, but Mm. I do think that you said that you could appreciate the quality of the filmmaking of it. And if we're looking for a film which does have excellent production values and 
excellent acting performances. I can't think of anything wrong with this film. Okay, so give me a bad film he's in. Oh, are we done with The Prestige? Yeah, we're done. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's it's fine. getting my recommendation as well. It's a fantastic film, but okay, we're moving on. To be on. fair, you did make it sound a bit more appealing this time because you said it's all Victorian. Wow, just mentioning a phrase to say it's set in olden days. Have you got seen it going. the... You know I like the costume. Yeah. Have you seen the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, yeah. I have. Do you like mm. them? Yeah. It's a very similar theme. Yeah, oh, it okay. is in terms of the setting. And there are some strong female characters in this film as well. Okay, so tell me what's bad. There's another sequel where some of the originals were some of my favourite films of all time, but this particular one was terrible. Terminator Salvation. Ah, right. I've read about this one. That's interesting. I enjoyed this movie. I just don't think it should have been canon to the original series of movies. That's interesting, Tony, because I thought as well there were some very interesting scenes in this. But for me, the thing that really kills this film is unfortunately the performance by Sam Worthington. Oh, God. yes. I forgot Sam Worthington, of course. See, Christian Bale wasn't bad in this movie. No, he wasn't. He really wasn't. And the story in this movie wasn't too bad either. It was just killed by certain aspects. And I think because they slapped the term label on it that's kind of helped destroy some stuff too so it's not a bad film it's got quite an engaging plot it looks good and i'm not going to watch this film based on what based on that it had a lot of bad press at the time because christian bale had a shouty shout at a member of yes, star ah, yes okay. he did. i haven't heard this original but i've heard peter griffin's version of it on family guy <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> do, you I know, seen that. do you know why there are recordings of it that exist i don't because in Christian Bale's shouty shout, he threatened to quit the film. So the film company kept the recording to send to their insurers in case he quit the film so they could claim on the insurance. Oh, really? Interesting. Interesting. Okay, we'll move quickly on from that. Anyone else got any bad films? Yeah. Exodus, Gods and Kings. And again, Christian Bale himself isn't necessarily bad, but the movie was just awful. It was bad writing. Visually, it looked awful. That's surprising because it's made by Ridley Scott, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It... The Alien Man. Yep. Do yeah, it Alien Man. Blade Do in a Bible film. Who would think that wouldn't work? <laughs> Ridley Scott has made Gladiator, which is another uh, sort of okay. swords and sandals yeah. epic. So he's known for going into different genres. He is probably one of the most flexible directors that I know of. There's yeah. so many different types okay. of films he can make. I just only heard of him as Alien Man. But yeah, regarding this one, I watched the first five minutes of it and I had to turn it off. It was just so awful. I, I think it's more geared for children, actually. And I'm that's, tempted. That's, that's the strange thing about it. Is he playing Moses? Yeah, Christian he is. Bale. Yeah. Okay. Christian Bale plays Moses in this movie. Seriously, I'm tempted. I don't think there could watch be a, a film pr- so bad. Watch The Prince of Egypt. I was just about to say, Sandy B. Week, watch The Prince of Egypt No, I'm telling instead. you, I don't think there could be a film so bad that people turn it off in the first five minutes. Yeah, I couldn't get through this movie. It was cringeworthy. So Biblical Epic's not quite so good for Christian Bale. Shall we talk about his Oscar win? Yes. The The Fighter. Fighter. Oh, hello. So this is the film where he won Best Supporting Actor. It's another David O. Russell film. O. Russell. David O. Russell. Yes, a nice little ditty there from Sophie. It's a boxing film. Amazing performance from Christian Bale. And he is slimmed down again in this. And it is obviously about boxing, but it's about the drama around it as well. Mark Wahlberg plays a boxer called Mickey Ward, and his brother is Christian Bale. And Christian Bale trains Mark Wahlberg to become this professional fighter. 
it's a really good drama. It's an amazing Christian Bale performance, yeah. and I think it was undeniable that he was going to win yeah, the Oscar it was, for it. It was it. a really, really good movie, actually. It's not so much actually a boxing movie. So if you're not really interested in, you know, the whole fighting underdog kind of movie, it's not really that. It focuses on the actual human element and the relationships between the brothers and other people in the movie. It also stars Amy Adams, who I think you're a fan of. She's all right, yeah. Yeah. Amy Adams was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in this film. I have a fun fact. Christian Bale's favourite colour is black. And his favourite movie is Beverly Hills Ninja. But then I went on a different website and it said his favourite colour is red. He doesn't have a favourite movie. His favourite food is corned beef hash and his favourite animal is a cow. But then it turned out I looked up Gareth Bale. (laughs) (laughs) What? Where is that going? (laughs) I thought it was going to be this piece about you can't believe the internet. Which one's you? So his favourite colour is black and his favourite film is Beverly Hills Ninja. That's when he played Batman and Christian Bale, if you're listening, Black is not a colour. Either way, I then went on to Yahoo Answers to see if Gareth Bale and Christian Bale are related. And I found an answer from Adam who said, I don't think so, but Gary and Phil Neville are related to Paul and Barry Chuckle. Wow. Okay, Okay. this is really going off of one. I love the internet. Yeah, me too. I have one more Christian Bale fun fact. Okay. (laughs) Where are we going to go with this one? (laughs) He was originally cast to play George W. Bush in the biopic W. He spent months learning all George Bush's mannerisms and then dropped out because he couldn't get on with the prosthetics. Ooh, oh. interesting. Well, there's definitely a film that we haven't mentioned yet that I will absolutely be putting forward, The Big Short. Ooh, okay. okay. The Money okay. Film. The Money Film, absolutely. This is a film that I have a huge interest in. I know finance itself isn't that interesting, but this is a fascinating story about essentially what happened to cause all of the catastrophes in banking that happened back in 2007, 2008 with the credit crunch. It's based on real people. Obviously, it's a film, so there's a little bit of interpretation there, but it's so interesting. It's essentially all these people that predicted that it would happen, what they do, how they go about trying to warn people. Does he play a banker? Christian Bale is the one who noticed notices some fluctuations and he starts to make predictions and he starts to bet against the market and he's going into all these banks and they're laughing at him and thinking what on earth are you talking about but as John mentioned this film is really smart in the way that it presents its information because on face value financial information is not that interesting but the way that they present it it's quite jovial like for example there's one scene very famous scene where they get some financial information and because it's quite detailed they'll get Margot Robbie in a bath to describe it to you to try and make it a little bit more palatable and then they get some famous chefs to talk about these mortgage packages. It's a really well-made film and I think it's the best acting I've ever seen from Steve Carell. Brad Pitt is phenomenal in this film. He's a great actor. And also Ryan Gosling. I really appreciated his character in this film. It's a really interesting film. This movie is probably a movie that should probably be played in schools. Everyone should watch this film just for even a basic understanding of finance. It's interesting because I'm sort of picturing in my head The Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio plays this banker that it's completely raucous and over the top and you're saying Christian Bale plays this character that's looking at the fine details and, and betting and stuff. Christian Bale auditioned to play Jack in Titanic and was shortlisted. Wow. So wow. it seems like there have been a few points where either one of them could have gone a different way in their career and it's interesting seeing that now they're both older and more mature. One of them's playing this raucous banker and one of them's playing this serious analyst. Interesting. I think this is definitely a movie you should watch actually but you shouldn't watch it as a Christian Bale movie. I think it's tricky because there's so many other amazing Christian Bale 
Bale films to choose from where he is the lead actor. But this is still just an amazing film. Well, so we go for something a little bit more light-hearted. Shall we talk about some animation? It's time for Jordan's animation segment. So actually, I'm going to go for a Western animation and I'm going to go for an Eastern animation. I okay. know what you're Exactly. About. And I'm so excited because I think Sophie has seen both of these. I have. And I would love to hear her opinions because the first one we could talk about is Pocahontas, the Disney film. Christian Bale plays Thomas and it's very good. It's one of the more mature Disney films, certainly in terms of the way the characters are drawn. It's not so cartoony. It's got some fabulous music. But the other film I wanted to talk about is Howl's Moving Castle, which yeah. is a Hayao Miyazaki film. Have you seen this one, Sophie? I have. It's got a character in it called Sophie. Does yeah. it? I don't remember that. She's the main woman, the old lady. Oh, okay. Lovely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only seen this film once, but the thing I love about Miyazaki films is they are so different from Western anime because there is a cultural difference where they're coming from. So did you enjoy How's Moving Castle? I did. Not as much as Spirited Away, but I did really like it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think for both of those films, the drawing is absolutely exquisite. Have you seen How's Moving Castle, Tony? I have, but I'm not a huge fan of Miyazaki, so I didn't pay too much attention to it. All right, because you watch a lot of anime. I do watch a lot of anime, and I do respect the Studio Ghibli stuff. The art direction and the culture that you get in from the movies are phenomenal and I have absolute huge respect for that. But I find them very slow paced and I find the themes to be a little bit too complex. Kiddie. Yeah, I, oh. well, I know I would agree with that, Tony. Definitely complex. I, actually, Interesting. actually, actually the th- that's the thing is um, when I watch anime, I watch them in Japanese where I do understand a bit more about the Japanese culture, a lot more of the complex nature of what's actually developing in the animation comes through. You don't necessarily get that in the English translations. There's a whole world of animation out there. And I thought How's Moving Castle was just such an interesting film for us to be able to talk about because so many of the actors we've talked about so far with animations, it's all been Western animation and to maybe branch out into something like How's Moving Castle, but unfortunately you've already seen it, but never mind. Okay, Jordan, you said the word Western, so I'm going to talk about Westerns. Good man! Hey, yes, Tony, yes, let's go Nicely there! Done. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're a fan of Westerns, but 310 to Yuma, that's probably one of my favourite more recent Westerns. I haven't seen this one, tell me about it. 310 to Yuma is a western movie. Christian Bale plays a farmer. He owes some guy's money and the guys that he owes money to burn his barn down of all his food. Like Interstellar? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Everything comes back to Interstellar. It's cyclical. And the day after this happens, a criminal gang happened to be on his land and they steal a load of money from a stagecoach. And the leader of this gang is Russell Crowe. They happen to capture Russell Crowe and they are looking for some volunteers to help take Russell Crowe to a nearby city to deliver him to the police station safely without his gang capturing him back. And this movie has got a brilliant cast. It's got Ben Foster in it. And Christian Bell is a guy who ends up volunteering to take... Which is a 310. Which, of course, is a 310 to humour. This movie isn't just a Western. It's not just drinks and bars and that kind of thing. This is a very, very personal story between these two characters. And there's a very twisted relationship that happens between them that leads up to the events at the end. And it is brilliant. If I get two votes on, I'll nominate this one too because it's just such a good movie. It's a very well-made film as well. It's quite gritty. It's made by James Mangold, who recently made Logan and he also made Walk the Line both excellently made films both Christian Bale and Russell Crowe give really good performances in this film it was a remake of an old film from 1957 but yeah I think it's a really interesting example of a western there's a few westerns that I get confused between and I think this is one of them but no I, I enjoy a western every now and again I'm a huge fan of Westworld what do you think about the idea of a western Sophie 
it doesn't particularly interest me. I think in the UK, we don't really grasp the vastness of the West and why it's so dangerous and exciting. And that's because it's new frontiers, huge amount of land, and just getting in between one town to the next town is literally risking your life. There are very few movies that really kind of give you that sense of danger. And I think 310 to Yuma is a very good example of the danger of moving from one town to the next. Yeah. Westerns seem to be very formulaic. I think that's probably what I don't like about them. There's a clear baddie, there's a clear goodie, there's some kind of shootout. The genre is very, very strong in that there are specific things that have to happen yeah. for it to be a Western. Yeah, so, do you know what? it's not just that. It's, I think it's because the most prominent Westerns are often set on true stories. Well, you don't seem too set on a Western. Shall we talk about another film which has an awful lot of gunplay in it? Oh. Shall we talk about Equilibrium? Yeah, I love this movie. Oh, I've seen that one. Oh, you have, have you? Hey, so have you seen a Christian Bale film? Well done, yes. I'll be honest, I only saw this film very recently. What did you think of it, Sophie? I watched it around the time of all, because it came out around the time of all the Matrixes and that kind of dystopia yeah. guns. The only thing I really remember is they were burning loads of books and someone got shot in the head through a book. That's Sean Bean. Ah, Sean Bean. There you are. He Sean didn't Bean survive this film. Again. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole of what I remember. Oh, and then, no, I'm thinking of X-Men. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> okay, yeah, was too confused. <laughs> the reason why they're burning the books in this movie is because the entire population of people are drugged to stop their emotions, to repress any kind of extreme feelings, and that's to control society. There are sense crimes. That includes expression of art, colour, and all these things are outlawed, and that's why they're burning the books. Yeah, it's coming back to me. And if you love dystopian, authoritarian, overthrowing movies, this is a brilliant example. And you've done something that really irritates me about this movie, and that is you throw it into the Matrix. And that's the biggest <laughs> reason why this movie flew under many people's radar. And I think if you're going to watch a Kurt Wimmer movie, I hate saying that name. I know, ultraviolet. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. If you're going to watch a Kurt Wimmer movie, movie watch equilibrium because it's absolutely fantastic i don't think you can separate it from the matrix if you saw it around that time That's because because, it, yeah i know because they were released at the same time but as movies they're completely different very matrix different. is a cyberpunk stroke dystopian equilibrium is more authoritarian 1984 kind of dystopian so it's like kevin bacon week when we we're talking about stir of echoes being completely overshadowed by the sixth sense they're yes both quality but yeah. in their own way what did you think jordan okay there were obviously some excellent choreography fight scenes in this yeah. brilliant and not necessarily just gun fights there was a wonderful use of samurai swords and that yeah. kind of fight scene boy film so I enjoyed the concepts of people discovering emotions almost for the first yeah. time. And there's these wonderful scenes where Christian Bale hears music for the first time and he just starts to weep. And I thought, actually, that yeah. aspect of it was far more interesting. Yep. The gunfights were great and yes, they were stylishly shot, but I liked the subtext of the film. I thought that was interesting. That's what really made the movie experiencing these new emotions as they returned to Christian Bell's character. I don't think it was a great film. Some of the other cast could have been a bit better, but I think Christian Bale in this movie was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. I completely agree, Tony. Christian Bale was the perfect person to play this lead role in Equilibrium. I think it's time for a musical interlude. Oh, you oh, have some okay. music here. Here comes the glockenspiel. Okay.
Hopefully you can tell what it is. I apologize for messing up the ending. It's a bit more complicated than I usually go for. Well, it's not Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. <laughs> it's not from Pocahontas. <laughs> it was very complicated. I think, I I think it was the prestige John. personally, but I could be wrong. It's from Batman, yeah? I don't think it's from The Dark Knight. It sounds Batman-y. I'm going Batman. It's obviously going to be Hans Zimmer, because it's me. Hans Zimmer Batman. film. Batman! It's Batman! It's Batman! Sophie's right. Is it? It's from The Dark Knight. Oh, okay. Brilliant. I think the really famous bit is like that. Duh, duh, duh. But you can't quite do it on a glockenspiel. No, no, okay, no, it doesn't have enough of the bass in there. <laughs> yeah, the you need the bottom of D's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Batman. That's what I definitely should have done. <laughs> that would have been impressive if you did that. Maybe yes. I should start doing some sound effects. <laughs> You'd have got that, yeah? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Batman. I mean, it's not a Christian Bale Batman. I'd have to but... cut the Batman or it'd be too easy. Yes, yeah, so. We've spoken about a lot of Christian Bale films. There's one that we did mention in Matthew McConaughey week that we didn't really put him forward so much then, but Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. No, Christian Bale's not in that. Um, oh, I know. Reign of Fire. Yeah. Dragons. Dragons. Ah, oh, the Dragons one. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie for Christian Bale. Oh, I've got that written down as one of the physical transformation movies he's been in. That you didn't mention earlier didn't when you mention. did your quiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did bulk up a bit for this film. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we spoke about it in Matthew McConaughey week because they were kind of both leads, but Christian Bale is more of a lead in this film than Matthew McConaughey. It's quite a lot of fun. It's really silly. Dragons exist modern day. They get woken up by accident when someone's doing some like drilling in London. They scorch the land so people have to live in castles just to survive. How can they kill the main dragons and survive at the same time? And it's quite exciting. It's a bit macho, but I enjoyed I, it. I think it's a very good movie, and the only real downside for it is the lack of dragon time. More do, dragons. Do, 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 That's what it needed. Do, More do, dragons. Do, do, dragon time. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Sophie's musical interlude for random reasons. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a great movie for Christian Bale. It's an interesting one, and if you like action movies with dragons, watch it. If you are interested in film and biographies, Christian Bale is one of the personas in the Bob Dylan film, I'm Not There. I don't think Sophie was particularly excited about it when we talked about it in Kate Blanchett week, but it's a really interesting watch, very well crafted. Pretty sure it's not something I'm going to recommend for Sophie this week, but definitely worth watching if you're interested in Christian Bale performances. Really good. Yeah, Jordan is definitely referring to you, the listener, when he's talking about if you're interested in biographies. Yeah. Because Sophie has made her point many times <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. she does not care. I absolutely. did accidentally pick a biography, Jennifer Lawrence Week. Yeah. Accidentally. And you didn't seem too <laughs> disappointed with it. Is there any more people want to mention before we make a choice? One other one that I would mention, because we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Scarlett Johansson. Now, they're oh, making yeah. another live-action remake of The Jungle Book. And in this particular film, Kate Blanchett is playing the voice of Carr, and Christian Bale will be playing the voice of Bagheera. Oh, wow. And this Why is coming bother? out Because this is made by Andy Serkis, so it could be that the Disney version came out, so then they had to push this version back. Christian Bale has a very distinctive voice, and it'd be quite interesting to see how he could lend his gravitas to I want to know if he's going to do his stage voice or his actual English accent. Oh, yeah, you I ever, don't know. If you ever yeah. hear it, it's like proper English. I have fun facts. Did you know that Christian Bale was shortlisted for the character of Will Turner in Pirates of the Caribbean? Really? Orlando no Bloom. Yeah. He seems a bit too rough He's for that, far too yeah, good an actor to do that. probably why he didn't get it. 
the other one, he was considered for James Bond. Wow, in place of Daniel in Craig? In place of Daniel Craig. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can see that. I I'm glad he did Batman and not James Bond. But I love that you mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean because Christian Bale was in a film with Johnny Depp called Public Enemies. Yeah, he was pretty sure it's not something that Sophie's going to be that interested in watching. Oh, you've seen it? You've no. seen it? Fabulous. Bale film? No, I haven't. Oh, <laughs> you're really excited then. But okay. it did come out when I was at the cinema, so I've probably seen bits of it when I was going in and out of the screens. That film is more of a lead role from Johnny Depp, a gangster film. Probably not one for Sophie. No. So, my fellow cinewaggers, what are you recommending for me today? Right, okay, so my two films are going to be The Prestige, because it's just amazing, and The Big Short, because everyone should see it. I think I'm going to give you a second on The Prestige, but I'm also going to go with Batman Begins. There was absolutely one film I was going to recommend today. That's The Prestige. It's a perfect film from a director you've already respected. It's sublime. It's the one you should watch. You can't just gang up and only nominate one film. I totally agree with Batman Begins. But I'm thinking kind of along the lines of American Hustle as well, because he was the lead in that, and that was a very close contender for J-Law Week for you. I was thinking American Hustle or American Psycho. Oh, okay. I watched a violent film with Gemma Arterton, and that one turned out fine. It's a sublime film, The Prestige. But ultimately, this is Sophie's choice. So are you going to watch the film that we are recommending for you? I think the difficulty is I've got very low expectations. I'm sure Christian Bale's a fantastic actor, but I don't care about that intense dramery. That doesn't appeal to me. All right, I've made my choice. Terminator Salvation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'll watch The Prestige. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's sublime. Okay, but I want this on the understanding that you're not allowed to gang up on me again. I wouldn't call this ganging up. I would just say if you give us two choices each, one of them is going to be The Prestige because it's amazing. So we're going to get your review for her. Absolutely. Yeah. So I watched the film and I've been thinking about the film ever since. I have no idea if I liked it or not. Okay, that's ah, interesting. brilliant. Yes. I just don't have an opinion. I mean... <laughs> I, I think you're actually experiencing what I experienced because I didn't yeah. love the movie, but I respected the movie for what it's trying to do. I think it was a very pretty film. Like, they made the future look very sort of sparkly and technological, but then when you see the kind of nature bits that he goes into, you're like, oh, actually, that is much nicer. <laughs> But it, it was an interesting sort of contrast between the busy city that's beautiful and shining and, you know, the nature that's actually a lot more beautiful, but not as understood in his time. And yeah, so he falls in love with his operating system, which is Scarlett Johansson. She was really good, actually. She was fantastic in it. It was the first time I saw it as well. Yeah, She's just the voice in it, but she's a whole character. She's completely. not just the voice. She is there. It's really odd, isn't it? And you it? can picture her being there by his side while she's talking. Especially in the naughty bits. <laughs> there's a lot of naughty bits in that film, isn't there? One man sex scenes, which is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's much more I can say about it. It's very beautiful. It's an interesting story, but I just can't work out how I feel about it. Because what's interesting is, well, it's not just played from the perspective of a man engaging with a female operating system. You see how Samantha, the operating system herself, develops and wants to progress. So she starts to build subgroups of operating systems with these other operating systems. It's a really interesting commentary on relationships and where they may develop in the future. Yeah, it's almost a complete 
narrative of how to develop a healthy relationship in some sense. What I really liked about it is that it wasn't weird that he was having a relationship yeah. with his operating system. By the time that this film was set, it was already a thing that happens. So obviously for him and for the viewer, it's like, wow, she's not there. This is a bit weird. But when mm. he introduces her to Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt's partner and they go on like a double date and they're chatting to her and it's completely normal. And it's like, wow, actually, this really could be normal. Yeah. And it's really interesting that scene where Samantha, the operating system, brings in a real person into uh, their relationship. That bit's nasty. But what was interesting about that was when Joaquin Phoenix didn't accept her as this sort of intermediary, how attached this woman had got to it mm. and this kind of role that she wanted to play within their relationship and how it had sort of a knock-on effect to other people, this kind of technological aspect of relationships. I thought it was very interesting film. So what did you not like about it? I don't know. This is the thing. I have a question. Mm. Do you think it was enough of a Scarlett Johansson film. Yeah, definitely. Well, she's the main focus of the film, really. It's about her journey into becoming more than she was at the start. I think I struggle with it because it's not one of those films that has a clear message. It was like Lost in Translation. It was like that kind of, it's a story, but it's not really going anywhere, but it mm. sort of is, but it's a bit weird and you kind of don't really know what's going on. Would and you then like at the me end, to frame it? If you like. See it as a technological singularity that is a development of artificial intelligence and how it can have a positive effect rather than what you'd normally see in a movie, which would be a negative effect. Yeah. Let's get to a mark out of 10. I don't know. What would you give it, John? I thought it was very strange. But I did enjoy it and I thought it was quite clever the way that they did things. And I have to say, Joaquin Phoenix's performance was fantastic. Yep. When you're watching it, you picture him having this conversation with Scarlett Johansson, but it's literally him alone for a lot of the time doing great acting. He was brilliant in it, yeah. So I... I it's... Ah, <laughs> See, that's what I meant. I think it's more of a Joaquin Phoenix film than a Scarlett Johansson film. No, she was definitely a full character in it, but she, I guess you're not meant to really understand her because you can't take any cues from her. You can tell the tone of her voice, but you can't see any body language. You can't know how she reacts to other people or other relationships because you don't see that. You just see this one dimension of her. And so it's quite hard to really understand her. Out of 10? I'd give it an 8. I think I'd probably only give it a four or five. Five? Yeah, I'll give it a five because okay. it's good and it does make you think, but I don't think it was that enjoyable when I was actually watching it. It's such an interesting film, much more of a thought-provoking film and a discussion film as opposed to necessarily something that's really engaging while you're watching it. Yeah. Seven for me. What do you think, Tony? Well, I would actually probably agree with Sophie's five. I love the performance in it. I love the story of it. I love pretty much everything about that movie it's just done in a way that is almost goes against the grain so much that i want to hate it but i don't mm. okay i think it's a movie worth watching but at the same time it's not going to be anywhere near my top 10 list yeah and i wouldn't want to watch it again i think that would ruin it yeah i wouldn't want to watch it again either this film was originally made with samantha morton she was the actress who was on set acting with Joaquin Phoenix. And when it got to the editing room, Spike Johns, the director, said, this isn't working, we're recasting the voice. So when that woman comes into the room, you'll notice that the woman actually looks oh, more yeah. like Samantha Morton than Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because it was recast with the blessing of Samantha Morton and she gets an associate producer credit, but it was not originally intended for Scarlett Johansson. And I thought that was really interesting that, that she That's could still come in and give such an engaging performance with an actor she hadn't acted with on set. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah that is. That's really interesting. 
So, bingo machine time. Excellent. Bingo Bingo. Any predictions? I think it is going to be ball number two. I think we're going to have a lady. I think it's going to be Nicolas Cage. It is number 56. So, 56. Let's have a look. Wow. I think this is going to be similar to Sam Jackson week. This person has been in so many massive films. And it's a man. Although he is not quite as massive as other actors around. Tiny Tom. He is quite tiny. Tom Hanks. Tiny? (laughs) Oh, I meant Tiny Tim. You meant Tim? (laughs) (laughs) I am so confused. Okay, not Tom Hanks, but the other Tom. Tom Cruise. Oh, this is wow. going to be amazing. Oh, oh man. I'm very excited about I this. I think I've seen one How film. How did I not get that? Oh, you've got to see more than one Tom Cruise film. Yeah. Uh, He's been in so many films. films. So many films. If you want to get in touch, you can join our Facebook group at Cinewag if you'd like to tweet us. And you can send us an email, cinewag at gmail.com. Join our next episode for us chatting about Tom Cruise. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Cinewag. Chimwag about cinema.